sorts of in love with this song i just resonate with the message in it because whew, i don't know you know the way you you know that there are things you can do and there are things you cannot do you try for opportunities and, and chances and you know that there are some you'll get and others you might not get but with jesus we are sure he never fails. He's just that kind of a guy. He just is not going to fail at all. What a mighty God we serve. Just how loving, how amazing. And I think if you know this song, that I think you should just shout it at the top of your lungs. Just saying you've never lost a battle. And you never will. And you never will. Hey! Hi everybody. How have you been? It's been a while. It's been a while. Not not a long while, but it's been a while. I love doing this. I love just being used of God to bring these podcasts to you. And I hope you're loving them as well. I hope you're enjoying yourself. I hope we are having a very good time together. So today is going to be a... Huh, I'm not even going to take long. And I, now I mean it. I'm not just saying this because I want to say it. I mean it. I'm not going to take long. I'm just going to say a few things. I'm just going to read the scripture. I'm just going to be used of God. And then I will leave before the stones start being hurled towards me. Because I don't know how people are going to react about this. And before I even go too far, I just want to make this clear. If you feel like I am stepping on your toes Guess what? My toes have been stepped on the entire week by God concerning this particular message. So before we delve into it, can we just pray? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so very, very, very much for bringing us to this moment, bringing us yet another to yet another podcast and bringing us together once again. I pray for every listener. I pray for them, God, that you will overwhelm them with, their, with your love. Father God, whether they are a believer, whether they are not a believer, overwhelm them with your love because it is your love that makes us turn to you. Let them understand the intricacies and the depth of your love and the overwhelming joy that is in your presence. And now, as we delve into this podcast, as we learn from you, be with us, open our hearts, let our hearts be receptive of you, give us retention and give us deep revelation by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I just want to read a quote that I've just seen somewhere. If you've been listening to this podcast, you have realized that um, I don't just do... Um, 
like on top of the water kind of research i think you realize i actually research so i have read a quote from a certain website i may not particularly say who this is or maybe i will i don't know as the spirit leads so here goes sex is therefore not just sex the bible that teaches that sex has meaning actually i will read who i will tell you who has written this the bible teaches that sex has meaning because marriage itself between a man and a woman is a beautiful picture of the gospel i just want to say that one more time sex is therefore not just sex the bible teaches that sex has meaning because marriage itself between a man and a woman is a beautiful picture of the gospel full stop next sentence listen carefully jesus the groom sacrificially gives himself for his beloved bride the church sex is ultimately a picture of this redeeming love that god has demonstrated by giving up his son to save us maybe you didn't hear that maybe you're going to repeat that but just in case you you you're not in a position to replay that let me just get you the last statement sex is ultimately a picture of this redeeming love that god has demonstrated by giving up his son to save us now you clicked on this podcast because you you came into my podcast channel and you've seen there are a few other podcasts but you clicked on it because of the title and we're talking about sex we're talking about sexting we're talking about phone sex we're talking about all these things but we are talking i am addressing the christian single hallelujah the christian single this is the person I'm addressing right now. And uh, you know, I just want us to start by by even discussing. Listen, I'm not today I'm not talking to teach. I'm talking to question. So therefore, whenever you hear me say I'm talking to question, that should automatically make you think or know that this topic right here is going to have a part 2 or even possibly a part 3. However, the part two for this part, for this particular topic, is not going to be uh, with women only. It's going to be both women and men. I have no idea how the fire that is going to be lit in that area is going to be put out. I have no idea. I mean, honestly, we need to know how to, to put out fires. Because we start with a topic that in, in every other youth seminar, every other youth seminar has to bring up this question. Is this something like waiting for sex until after marriage? So I hear many people, I, I was just listening to another uh, couple on YouTube and they were talking about how they were both virgins when they met and when they even got married. Yeah. It's don't get a heart attack. It's for real. It's true. They said it. They, they, they're not lying. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? And I like the way the guy said he was looking for a virgin. And, and listen, he said, which is very hard to find in this day and age. 
And I know you can't even count the number of men who've said that. And for the men who are listening to this, I know you're saying, yeah, it's, you're right, Lynn. They, they are none. They're non-existent. Well, you know, I think until you go to the lab and get your results right, you know, with actual facts and, 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 and literal data, uh, let me just not finish the statement. But hey, the reality is the value or the meaning for sex has been consistently eroded. And I will say, just like the rest of you, very truly, in this day and age, especially, oh my gosh, we are not, we're just not experiencing a lot of that. We have been fed with movies. Hollywood, every time they bring out a movie, they show, uh, they depict couples who look at each other and they like each other. And nowadays, I think from what I see in Hollywood, if if a guy smiles at a girl, it's going to take about three hours on average before they get themselves inside a bed and not to inspect whether it's been carefully done. It's to actually get it rough. And, and I'm, I'm not trying. They just literally go for it. Nowadays, people are moving from zero to a hundred in 20 seconds, in 20 seconds. And I mean 20 seconds because from the mind already, you've already undressed this woman, you've undressed this man. And, and that's where we go to. So yeah. And these are films that we've been seeing for years now. So why would we not copy what Hollywood does? I mean, we're living in a world where we copy what the first, you know, what the first world people are doing. We think that everything they do is just amazing. We want to be identified with them. So we're going to very quickly do what they're doing. And it's so sad because I remember from a very, very, very early age, every other person who would teach about sex would always talk about how beautiful it is and i think i think for young people the more you call it beautiful the, the more the curiosity and they just want to go and experience and enjoy that beauty as a result we've had so many renditions of just the deprivation of of the beauty of sex or even the the sacred aspect of sex so nowadays sex is just a filthy um <laughs> 22nd thing that people can choose to do anywhere in any way with no element of decency whatsoever so are we talking we're talking about sex waiting for sex until after marriage the first question i want to ask is is it practical do you think it's practical from where you're listening to me from do you think this is a practical thing do you think People are actually doing it. Do you think people are willing to do it? Because I think I've interacted with so many people and I think very many people would want to do it. However, I don't think, this is now my second question, I don't think it's doable. Most people just don't think it's doable. Because most people are thinking, hey, listen, I, I'm attracted to this guy. I'm attracted to this girl. And especially this is a trap where many women fall into. The man likes you, you like him as well. You're seeing a life ahead of you. But if he asks that you, you, you know, you go to bed with him, you're not going to say no. You're just going to go ahead because you have so many thoughts in your head. What if he loses interest in me because of this? And, and what, if, what if he goes to another woman just because I refused him sex? 
And then what's the big deal anyway? What's the big deal with refusing? What's the big? I don't get it. What is it about? We say we're going to do it after marriage. Why can't we just do it now? Who will know we've done it? All I need to do is get protection. That's all. So what's the big deal? And there's a lot of compromise. I've, I've heard of testimonies of people who say, no, let's wait. But there are very, very few. There are very, very few. Very few people have the guts to just tell their partners, I don't think we should do this until we get married. And then there's a, there's a very famous test drive statement. You cannot buy a car until you test drive it. So you have to take it for a test drive, which is true. Actually, you can buy a car before you test drive it. That's, that's true, but that's a car. Now, I don't know if your life is a car. I think that's just food for thought. But if it is, hey, it's amazing. Maybe you can tell us um, what kind of car it is, um, the make, and um, whatever else you want to tell us about your car. Then there are those of us who say, or there are those of us who manage not to get to the point where we actually physically have sex before marriage. Um, and so some people opt for sexting. And uh, if, if for some reason you're listening to me from whatever part of the world you're listening to me from, and you probably don't know what sexting is, this is actually just texting sexual matters that's what it is or phone sex so where you're having conversations about sex but over the phone and the intention is to arouse the other person so does that qualify to be sex i don't know you you tell me you you just give me those answers i have no answers myself i'm just asking questions at random i also would like to ask um how about the context of um self-pleasure which others might know as masturbation so does that qualify as sex before marriage or rather maybe i should just put it this way do any of these things qualify as sexual immorality i think that's the kind of question maybe that we should be looking at does it qualify to be sexual immorality? Can you call that sexual immorality or is it just harmless? Is it harmless when you're aroused by a person who's not there? <sighs> you know, when we were younger, we would be discouraged about this whole sex before marriage thing because of many reasons, among them being the aspect of comparison. And... Um, I remember this pastor would talk about comparison in the context of you might just end up comparing person A with person B and therefore never really getting to settle because maybe person A and you didn't work out and now you're on person D and none of these other persons have been as good as person A. So by the time you're being so disgruntled by person D, person A is already having another partner. And so, you know, because of how morality has really gone out the window in this society, in the current modern world, people just choose to have um, those extramarital affairs. Because sex is for marriage, but it's for marriage with your marriage partner. It's not for marriage with your marriage partner and others. It's only with your marriage partner. 
I just want to, to, to read out a few verses here. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 3 to 5. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Now, before I finish this verse, remember that one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. So therefore, when, when Paul is talking about that each one of you should know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, we are being, ta we are being taught about self-control, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which of course cannot be unless someone is led by the Spirit of God. And therefore, the, the verses continue to say, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. And I think, because I think I like being a little bit straightforward, I think if we really go to the root cause of all this kind of um, premarital sex or sexual immorality of any kind, whether you're by yourself, whether it's you and your computer or you and the phone and the other person or whatever, it's sexual immorality. And I think the reason is because of lust. And lust is never last until you give in to the fleshly desires, which of course therefore means that your body is not subject to the spirit. Your spirit, sorry, isn't subject to the spirit of God and therefore your body or your flesh isn't crucified. See how all that is connected? If you don't crucify your flesh, if you don't submit to the spirit of God, Therefore, your flesh will control you. Now, if your flesh masters you, then you become prey to anything the flesh wants. And you exercise lack of self-control. So you can't control yourself in anything. If you get angry, you just feed your anger. If you want to rant, you just rant at people. If you want to vent, you vent. If you feel like you want to fight someone, you fight them. If you feel like you just want to go off on people, you go off on people. And then you say, well, you know, that's just who I am. I just go off on people and I'm mad. If you feel like your flesh needs to be gratified sexually, you just go get the, the, the next person who's willing or available. Hebrews 13, 4. Let marriage be held in honor among all. And let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. And let me tell you, God has such a despise for the adulterous, because even when Jesus was being asked for a sign, that people may truly believe that he is the Messiah. He called them who are looking for a sign and he told them the only sign you will get is a sign of Jonah. He called them you perverse and adulterous generation. Adultery because you cannot teach yourself to only stick to that one person. There is no aspect of faithfulness to that one person. Remember when we had our podcast on submission? Do you remember what we said and if you haven't listened to the podcast on submission i'd really ask you to just go back to the podcast channel look at all the look at all the podcasts that i've posted there and go to the submission one and we talked about this especially to women and it is just not possible for a woman to submit to her husband unless she's fully submitted to god 
So you cannot be faithful to your partner until, first of all, you be faithful to God. There's no other way around it. If you feel like this is a lot of religious talk, then I'm sorry, but this is this is the truth. It's not religion. It's just the truth. Next verse, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 2. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. See, the remedy that Paul is giving to these people is if you cannot control yourself, please get yourself a wife. Please get yourself a husband. Paul doesn't say if you cannot control yourself, please get yourself a partner for that night. If you look at the word, he says, get yourself a wife and woman, get yourself a husband. So these people are not advising us to get a partner for the night. He's not asking you to get a one night stand. He's not asking you to go get yourself a quickie. No, he's not asking you to go get yourself a temporary relationship leading nowhere. The kind of people who go to relationships saying, let's see where this goes. He's not, Paul isn't telling us this. And these are not the words that Paul would speak. Paul would consistently say that he is speaking not of his own accord, but as Jesus Christ is telling him to teach. Galatians chapter 5, 19 to 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. And you can read the rest of it. And, and if you go ahead, you'll see the part where there are orgies. And we have lots of this happening. And it's so despicable and disgusting that some of these videos are even making it to, to, to social media, to network platforms that, are, you know, like anybody can view this. And there's no shame whatsoever. Oh my goodness, the kind of world we're living in. You know? And Paul says in verse 21, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we are to we are to really crucify ourselves. We are to really check on this whole sexual immorality thing. Let me just hit you with two more verses, I think. And then and then I'm going to conclude on this. So second last verse, first Corinthians seven, verse eight to nine. To the unmarried and the widows I say to you that it is good for them to remain single as I am. This is Paul who's speaking. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. If they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. I've always wondered, why didn't Paul say they should just get into a temporary relationship? Why didn't Paul say that they, can, they should go out and get someone for the night and relieve themselves of the sexual tension? I don't understand why Paul had to say marry. And he finishes and says, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So I don't know if you're getting the point like I'm getting the point that first of all, you are to marry to reduce the urges of passion. And secondly, you are to relieve this passion through your marriage partner. Partner, not partners. Damn. First Corinthians chapter 6, 18, 20. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. When you insult people, it's outside the body. When you break any of those commandments, it's outside the body. But when you commit sexual immorality, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. 
Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Because you are not your own, you are bought with a prize. And if you have received the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if you confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then inevitably the Holy Spirit resides in you. If you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he resides in you. And we are told in the Bible, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, when you indulge in sexual immorality, and I'm also speaking to myself, when I get into that kind of sin, I'm not just sinning against my body, but also against the Holy Spirit who lives within me. This is just food for thought. I started this and said, I'm not teaching today. I'm just asking questions because I don't want to come off like I'm teaching people on how to behave because that's that's really i'm just giving you the facts that are in the word even if i were to teach i would not teach of my own accord i would teach from the authority given by god but there's a way i approach issues on this podcast and i would like you all to feel included not discriminated and i would like you all to feel unjudged but even as we strive not to judge each other we should strive to know that the truth of God is the truth, not to be altered. The word of God is not to be altered. Do not remove, do not add. So this is food for thought. The reason I want this to be food for thought is because this will set pace for the next part of our discussion. Please don't hate me. Just love me. Keep loving me because I still love you anyway. And I know that we are, I know we're convicted. I feel like that is what has happened today. We're very convicted. Some of us will take this, like, you know, the parable of um, the soil and the seeds. So some of us will be the rock. Some of us will be thorns. Some of us will be the seeds that, you know, the, the, the seeds that will be thrown along the roadside. And some of us will be the good soil. So I don't know which one you choose to be till die. I really hope you choose to be the good soil. And I just want to wind up by saying, <sighs> I know I'm speaking to a great deal of people who have already done it. And that is no judgment whatsoever. A lot of it is because of the society you have grown up in. I'm almost 100% sure that if you grew up in the 1900s, that would have been a serious, it, it is, it is sin now, but that would have been like an abomination kind of like, it would be like hearing that someone had sex before marriage would be like hearing that, that a terrorist came into the country or it would just be nasty or hearing that there's another form of virus that has just come up and, and now people have to go on a, on a more severe sense of lockdown or whatever. But we are not to be conformed to the ways of the present world. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So this is my prayer for us all, that we will be constantly transformed by the renewing of our minds. This is by hearing his word and meditating on his word day and night. Whoa.
Thank you so much for listening. I wish you have a very, very, very brilliant rest of your week or a day or wherever you listen, at whatever point of the week you listen to this. I wish you a blissful moment. Um, I wish that you will handle the conviction with grace and I wish that you will continue to retain your hope and your faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So have a nice, nice time and be blessed of the Lord.